Welcome to the Medical Affairs Professional Society's three-part podcast series on how to prioritize, track, and measure your medical communications plan. In this first podcast, we will discuss the fundamentals of effective measurement techniques for medical affairs. I am Lynn Saufel. I will be the moderator for this podcast. I am a medical communications director at Novartis Gene Therapies, based in Zurich, Switzerland and I currently serve as a member of the Medical Communications Focus Area Working Group. The views expressed in this recording are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect on the opinions of MAPS or the companies with which they are affiliated. This presentation is for informational purposes only and not intended for legal or regulatory advice. This podcast series is for medical affairs professionals asking How do I know what my medical affairs programs have an impact beyond just counting outputs? So what can be done? I would like to say welcome and a big thank you to today's panelists for sharing their subject matter expertise with the MAPS members. Before we dive into the world of metrics, I will let the speakers briefly introduce themselves and their background in the industry. So speaking today, uh, we're starting with Gareth. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, my name is Gareth Morell. I'm head of insights at Madano. Uh, I've been at Madano for about seven years, delivering measurement programs and primary research with doctors and patients uh, for life sciences companies. And prior to working in communications, I was a social researcher uh, for around 10 years, working on measuring the impact of UK government policy in things like back to work programs, youth development work and climate change policy. And I've been trying to bring some of that measurement expertise uh, to the world of medical affairs. Slava, would you like to share a couple of words about your expertise? Yes, with pleasure. Over 20 years plus in medical affairs, I gathered my experiences at Northern Nordisk, Vivo Fresenius, and now work at Myvan Sciences. It is a startup company transforming now from the research into commercial organization and focusing on women's health and oncology. I had the pleasure to initiate first medical affairs projects with Myovant when we were just two persons in the medical affairs. And now it is a completely established organization with great professionals. Thank you. And last but not least, Garth, uh, would you tell us a bit about yourself? Thank you, Lynn. My name is Garth Virgin. I'm the European Head of Medical Affairs, Specialty Medicines at IG Sankyo Europe, uh, based in Munich, Germany. Um, I started in the industry over 25 years ago um, in the role of a key account manager, but it was actually an MSL. Um, However, that was before the title was actually implemented. Um, I spent seven and a half years at Serono. That was my first company. Four and a half years of vaccine development, uh, 10 years also at V4. And since two and a half years, as I said, I'm working in the the European uh, Medical Affairs uh, Division of Daichi Senko Europe. Thank you. And with that, we'll switch gears to uh, measuring the impact. So we're sensing a shift within medical affairs to make the case for and the system better measurements. But how do we actually make that a reality? Measuring what really matters is often not straightforward, sometimes expensive, and always takes in committed upfront thinking and planning. So today we're looking at, as you heard, with industry experts, both from the agency and client side, 
And during the whole podcast series, we will address those questions and look at novel and cutting edge approaches to measurement in medical affairs. MAPS has been driving um, a discussion about measurement during this past year, notably publishing a white paper uh, titled Mastering the Art of Meaningful Metrics in the fall of 2021. This podcast series builds on that paper, and as such, we're taking a read at some of the arguments it makes on why measurement is important and helpful information on definitions. So where are we going to pick up the story is about asking, if measurement is so important, is medical affairs doing it right often enough? And if not, why not? So I'll first go to you, Garrett, um, as you're working with multiple companies across the industry, what is your assessment of how well we are measuring our value and impact in medical affairs? Well, I think with, as with a lot of communications-based industries, medical affairs is often seen as a bit of a support function and not as often a strategic one. And as such, uh, I'd say it's good at measuring outputs, how many publications, how many delegates at a Congress, but it's less effective at measuring outcomes. So did those publications reach the right people and resonate? And did the delegates change their mind after the Congress? Of course, outcomes are obviously much more difficult to measure. Um, but I think medical affairs functions can do better in giving more consideration to these outcomes and at least creating some sort of hypotheses for how their actions contribute to them. And I'd say recently we have seen a turn in this direction in the last couple of years. In publications measurement, there's quite a lot of innovation going on there and in omni-channel med-ed strategy. And making this shift, I think, is really important, not only because it improves measurement, but also because it helps medical affairs become uh, a more visionary, strategic and innovative part of the business. Thank you. To um, now turn to our guests who are working in-house. So firstly, is this a picture that you recognize and if so, why is it that we haven't upped our game on, on measurements? Lynn, if I may uh, comment on this, I agree with Gareth that uh, medical affairs was considered as um, service providing function um, within pharmaceutical companies. And uh, today I see two major reasons why we receive, uh, why we revise metrics and measures in medical affairs. And uh, first and probably the most important reason, medical affairs turns from a service function as it was previously decades ago, providing medical trainings, organizing advisory boards and satellite symposia to a strategic role within the organization. And I believe this is really crucial. And um, a real mindset uh, shift happened over the last, I would say, 10 years. The second point is, rapidly changing environment with a high demand for scientific, scientifically trusted uh, communication with new communications and educational channels, new customer groups, and changing means how we approach our customers, for instance, uh, through field medicals. Under these circumstances, we need to um, redefine first what we want to measure, what our goals, for instance, well, level of awareness, changes in treatment patterns, and why we want to measure and how. 
Mm -hmm. Hi, and if, if I can jump in here as well, this is Garth. I, I can confirm what, what Slava just explained on his experience. Um, currently within our company, we're going through an evolution um, in which uh, a big part of the, let's say, the change in the way of working is being, is being led by medical affairs um, through the KEE engagement process, which is ongoing. Um, the KEE engagement work stream is, is serving as a model for how also our customers can and should engage with customers in a very bespoke manner. The part of the metrics then also of, um, of our interactions is, um, is measuring the satisfaction of those KEEs then who are working together with us, with our MSLs in the field, participating in advisory boards, Congress symposia, et cetera. Some of the other examples of, of KPIs yeah, um, are also independent questionnaires that we are that we are handing out to to the HCPs, um, either by an independent company or by ourselves, or even the MSL, yeah, directly reaching out to to the KEE, um, asking how satisfied he was, um, having been engaged in again as an example an advisory board or having served as a speaker in a Congress. Also, there are additional you know, the insights. Yeah, which which our our medical colleagues yeah in the field particularly yeah are picking up, documenting also in a, in a database, and uh, we are analyzing those to understand better understand the true needs and the preferences of our customers. So I think overall, actually the you know the the COVID situation is challenging and has been you know for all of us. Um, it has really opened our eyes, I think, to pay more attention to to the needs of, of our customers. And, and also to help us then to tailor our communication to, the, to their true areas of interest and, and drive them meaningful conversations. So I understand that we are clearly seeing a shift both in the role of, of medical affairs and in how we measure outcomes. So Garth, to, to pick up on what you just said uh, with respect to measuring meaningful conversations, can you elaborate a little bit more on how we can do that in practice? Again, perhaps the the yeah the uh, the example that I gave after after a, a congress where a KE has served as a speaker yeah to to engage in a dialogue with him uh, were they satisfied with with their interactions with us with the way that uh, they were they were briefed um, also the contracting so the log logistical aspects etc um, but also the materials that we have provided in terms of yeah the briefing materials etc. And um, by collecting those, you know, that feedback and those analyses, um, entering it into a CRM, um, then we can analyze those to, uh, to, to really understand, you know, the, the, the true preferences or the, to uh, tailor a customer-centric then approach. And I would like to add what Gas uh, just mentioned. And uh, Gas, you um, mentioned several times MSLs and uh, their increasing role um, in pharmaceutical industry. MSLs uh, generate a huge number of insights nowadays. And uh, therefore, I believe we urgently need some systems and technologies uh, to facilitate the digestion and, uh, of this information and to create um, some kind of reports reflecting more objectively on customer insights. And those can be widely used uh, across um, organizations to clearly identify communication gaps, making necessary adjustments in the communication strategy, potentially reconsidering um, our new developments. 
And another important aspect is a better understanding which communication channels are the most effective and utilize those. This is not such a trivial task. And in our really multi-media, multi-channel world, and of course, uh, the content uh, has to be valuable, reflecting on disease and conditions from probably more holistic perspective. And by the end of the day, what counts is a better patient's care in the areas we are focusing on. So Gary, is there anything from other industries um, that we can learn from in relationship to, to what you just heard from uh, Garth and Slava? Yeah, well, there are, I mean, there are always new metrics. There are always smarter data collection techniques from elsewhere, and we should certainly be keeping our eyes open for those, in particular learning from digital marketing. But what other industries also do well is use effective measurement frameworks. And that's really a way to link together what you're doing with what you want to achieve. And I think that's even harder when we're doing more on more channels and with more diverse audiences. So using tools like an outcomes framework or a customer journey or a theory of change can really help you do this and help shift the focus from outputs to outcomes. Theory of change, that's the first time I hear that. What exactly is that? Yeah, theory of change is, is a visual illustration that links your activities, so what you're doing, explicitly to what you actually want to achieve, so the outcome that you're interested in. And it develops a link or a hypothesis between the two for why you think what you're doing will lead to the desired change. And they, they emerged a few decades back to help measure with the measure the impact of social programs, um, like back to work schemes, and where you're not able to control all the conditions or easily attribute change to your own activity. Um, medical affairs now increasingly operates in those conditions. Um, so using something like a theory of change can help you get a handle on that kind of complexity and we've used them successfully ourselves actually in in measuring the impact of publications as well as medical education programs. Could you give an example of how we can can use it here and how it can help us? Yeah there are probably three ways the theory of change can help improve measurement. First is transparency so within teams on on what needs to happen to meet your objective and what you can measure and and probably importantly, what, what you can't because it's too difficult or prohibitively expensive to do so. Second, producing a theory of change also forces a, a real interrogation of what we're doing. So for each tactic we choose, do we really believe or have the evidence that this will make the difference we want for our customer? If it doesn't, then, you know, should we really be doing it? And finally, it helps us interpret measurement data by making a clear distinction between what we call implementation failure and theory failure. So if things don't go well, if you don't see the outcome you want to see, is this because the hypothesis was wrong, the theory was wrong, or is it just because we didn't execute it properly? And obviously answering that question is, is pretty fundamental to, to continuous improvement. Thank you. That's really interesting. Garth and I, Slava, do you have any, yeah, any thoughts on this? Sure. Somehow, um, it reminds me on a so-called belief continuum. And uh, to implement this kind of um, measurements, um, we need to think about, uh, well, having um, really knowledge about the market, in-depth knowledge about the market, market understanding. And um, we need to define parameters and measurements tools to be used. And we need to be extremely persistent, agile, and patient uh, when we implement this kind of um, measurements. 
I fully agree. Yeah, so we're on a journey, and and as you say, I think we do need to be patient, uh, patient, consistent, uh, curious as well. But I think uh, I think we're in a we we have we should take advantage of the momentum that we have. So it sounds like we have a lot of opportunities to improve the situation and practice. Where does that leave us in terms of what to focus on, particularly in in light of Garf, what you mentioned earlier? the accelerated change and, and innovation as a result of the um, pandemic. I'd, I'd like to again use the, yeah, use the term momentum, which I think that really has, has compiled um, over, the, over the, the previous years, but I think even more so. Uh, the, uh, we noticed the acceleration yeah, during the times now of, of COVID. And I think that we can really see this as an opportunity yeah, to evolve ourselves as an industry and, and as such, to, to better support physicians, uh, physicians yeah, to ultimately provide better care for their patients. Yeah, and Lean and Gaz, as you mentioned, we need to use this momentum, uh, derive some learnings also from pandemic situations where we started to use more and more to uh, use the virtual channels, the e-channels. And I believe that even in the uh, future world coming, into, coming out from the pandemic situation, probably moving more to, uh, towards new normality, I believe that we will still intensively use these channels, which we probably underestimate earlier. Thank you. Also, Gareth, how do you see the lasting impact of uh, COVID across the, the industry? Well, similarly to Garth and Sava, really, the, the digitization that we've seen during COVID presents two tangible opportunities. I think the first is scientific communications in general have been democratized. Um, it's more accessible to everyone. People can go to congresses, they can download things much easier than previously. And secondly, customer engagement with these digital channels is often much more granular, it's more personalized, and it's much more measurable. So a critical success factor for more consistent measurement across the industry is incentivizing the right internal behaviors to put the customer right at the center of our thinking. If the internal incentives are still linked to outputs rather than outcomes, then I, I, I do think change will still be slow. But perhaps the acceleration of digitization brought on by the pandemic is an opportunity to make this transition to a customer-centric medical affairs model stick. Thank you. I think that's a great wrap-up of a very good conversation. Thank you very much, Garf, Slava, and Gareth, for sharing your expertise and, and insights with the listeners today. To wrap it up, today we've heard about the shift that we see both in the role of medical affairs and in how we measure outcomes. And that the global pandemic has accelerated a shift both in the channels and in the accessibility of information and brought on an increased focus on electronic communication that is more accessible to everyone. E-communication channels also gives us an increased opportunity to measure those engagements. And my most important takeaway, I think, is what, what Gareth just mentioned, that a critical success factor across the industry is incentivizing the right internal behaviors to push the customer at the center of everything that we do. So thanks again to the speakers. This has been the first podcast in a series on meaningful metrics. 
The next podcast will discuss how to measure impact of scientific engagements. We encourage you to engage in conversations about medical communications with other MAPS members on the MAPS Connect on the MAPS website or mobile app. Simply log in with your email address and password associated with your MAPS account and access the global community. Then click on the Discuss tab and scroll down to Medical Communications to post a question or review previous postings. If you're a MAPS member, thank you for your support of MAPS. If you are not yet a MAPS member and would like to access the additional resources in this area, please visit the MAPS website to explore joining today at medicalaffairs.org membership. This concludes the podcast.